0: Montana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass, caught by Clark, Clark got a touchdown, Troy Clark has it. it's a touchdown for the 49ers!
1: You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with
0: Javi and Matt.
2: Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back with another episode. We are here doing a preview of week one preseason 49ers versus Cowboys. The ever so hated Dallas Cowboys are coming to Santa Clara. Um, Matt, what is going on? How have you been? I'm good, man. We have that little bit of a delayed break, which is
1: cool. You know, we didn't have a whole lot going on, but now we're we're two days away from Forty yeah. ers football, so it's exciting stuff.
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, you can catch the Fourth and Gold podcast on all podcast platforms, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found, or just follow us on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcasts. Uh, we are delivering content pretty, pretty much every week. We're gonna to try to do two shows a week, uh, starting with this episode here. Uh, we do have a special guest today, Dalton Miller. Dalton, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. I'm just excited for for football to
0: start. I mean, I know that we had the game last week, and we have games going on right now, actually. But all this talk about the Dallas Cowboys and everything that's going on—that I'm sure we'll get into—I'm just ready for it to get going. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah, so Dalton, you
1: cover the Dallas Cowboys. That's why we brought you on, so we can get you know a little third party perspective here, because you're going to know a lot more about the Cowboys than we do. And you know, so why don't you plug yourself? What do you do?
0: Yeah, so uh, I I used to write for the Cowboys Wire, which is a USA Today affiliate. Uh, I actually left that. I have my own website that I run, uh, BlueChipScouting.com. It's usually uh, NFL draft scouting based. But during the the NFL season, I will also be covering the Cowboys specifically on that website. Um, And then another team that I actually haven't named yet. It's kind of a a surprise. But uh, most of my content is going to be Cowboys and prospect related at this point.
2: Good. Good deal. Yeah, right on.
1: Right on. So... um... You know, let's jump into it. Why don't you give us just like your general feeling for the Cowboys this year? You know, how are you feeling about them coming into preseason week one?
0: Well, it's kind of funny because this team is is really talented. And I sit back and I look at all these predictions, all these record predictions that I'm seeing. And I'm seeing a lot of nine and seven, eight and mm-hmm. eight, maybe ten and six here and there. This is a super talented team. And once you get Byron Jones and Tank Lawrence back. You're looking at a defense that could legitimately be a top-five tight defense. And word out of camp is Xavier Woods is going off at camp right now. Uh, He expects to be one of the best safeties in the NFL now. I know that he was a sixth-round pick, but he was great value then. He's just a good football player, and he's finally getting into that role of being a single high guy. So I think that his turnover numbers are going to be high. What I'm excited about is that offense. Because Scott Linehan, the way that he called plays and the tendencies that he had, it really put Dak Prescott behind the eight ball because he is not somebody who is going to come out in the offense and be ahead of schedule, throw the ball with, you know, blazing anticipation before guys are coming out of breaks and really carve up zone defenses that's not his game you need to be able to call plays to help what he does well and use his legs a little bit more now things get a little bit interesting with this whole Ezekiel elliott uh holdout uh Mm -hmm. which i'm sure that we'll get into in depth but in this first game especially i think tony pollard is going to get the rb1 looks and a lot of people are excited about him i'm trying to caution everybody on his hype train He was a fourth round pick for a reason. I know that he has a lot of different skills. He's kind of a Swiss army knife, but he doesn't love contact. And that's something that he actually admitted on the radio the other day. He doesn't love hitting. And the reason why he looks so good in camp is because he's not getting hit.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. So now let's kind of shift gears here from an outside perspective. You're looking at the 49ers covering the Cowboys. Where do you think the 49ers stand?
0: So, this is another one that I I look at these season predictions and I'm seeing 12 and 4, 11 and 5, and I look at that defense and there's a lot to like about that defensive line. I mean, it is ridiculous. Now, we're going to talk, I'm sure, about Nick Bosa and the injury that he <laughs> sustained and, you know, how he is kind of a glass house. Uh, but what it all comes down to there is are guys like Debo Samuel going to be able to, as a rookie, produce? Are there, Is that wide receiver core going to be good enough to help out a quarterback who got paid a ton of money and has not played many games? I know that there's a lot of upside with Jimmy G. There's a lot to like about his game, but until I see it, and there's, a, there's an actual sample size with the San Francisco 49ers, I'm not getting my hopes up for this team to actually push two good teams in the Rams and the uh, Seahawks for a playoff spot, especially a division because that Rams team, as long as they can stay healthy on offense, is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, those are all fair points with, uh, with the Niners. The, the, the predictions are... You know they're they're getting a little high, a little too much hype. We we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Um, you know, it, outside looking in on the Cowboys. You know, I, I live down here in Texas and I, I see a lot, read a lot, hear a lot. You know, my biggest concern with the Cowboys is the defensive line. Um, we just got the report on Robert Quinn being suspended for two games, and you know my my biggest question is, do they have a second pass rusher? Who is going to be the second guy? Because you you see, you know, you got guys on the, on the. Defensive line will give you four or five sacks, but nothing more than that. Um, outside of after uh, Lawrence, where do you where do you stand on that defensive line going forward?
0: Yeah, so this was uh, a little bit of a setback with this two game suspension. Apparently, it was some a medication that he has apparently always taken. I don't know if mm-hmm. he like switched medications, but he has apparently had issues with seizures, and when he was younger, had a uh, a pretty bad aneurysm. That causes him these issues, and apparently that's what popped it. Now, I think that it's pretty interesting, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I never have been. But I think (laughs) that it's interesting that if he has been taking this the entire time, how it just came up now that he is a Dallas Cowboy, the hand was going to be okay. What I'm really excited about is Malik Collins, defensive tackle. He's a three-tech. He's a penetrating guy, but he's never really been able to stay healthy. Now, why I think that changes this year, and he's always played through injuries, but he's always been injured. It's a contract year, and he apparently looks amazing out of camp. Now, they took Tristan Hill in the second round. That was their first pick. There's going to be high expectations there, but he was a project. He always was. I expect him to have a slow learning curve, uh, so I don't expect much out of him. But Dorrance Armstrong out of Kansas, he's going to be a second-year player, somebody who in his sophomore year at Kansas had a ton of production because he was able to just go out and rush the passer, changed up his assignment uh, his junior season, and he didn't have the same production, fell to the fourth round, Cowboys scooped him up. He has apparently looked the best out of all of the pass rushers in that group, and that included Robert Quinn when he was before he got injured. Uh, and obviously Tank isn't isn't uh, practicing right now. He's recovering from the shoulder surgery. So you're going to need something out of Dorrance. Uh, Randy Gregory has still apparently not tried to apply for reinstatement. I think he's really just trying to take his time and show that he's ready to come back. That's a personal thing with him, and nobody's going to really try to push for him to come back too soon.
1: Yeah, much like the 49ers, um, I think the strength of the team lies in the defense Mm -hmm. with the Cowboys, actually. Um, And I think, you know, the Niners obviously have that incredible defensive front. I mean, even with Nick Bosa, which, like you said, we'll get into in a little bit. Even with Nick Bosa, maybe sidelined for a little bit. Even with D Ford having his knee issues. I mean, there's still five first-round picks on on, on that defensive line for them. You know, the linebackers are pretty talented. The secondary is obviously where it is a little bit weaker. Mm -hmm. Now, my issue with the Cowboys is, is Ezekiel Elliott? And I think we'll jump right into this, and the offense runs through him. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this on Twitter back and forth. Um, Zeke is absolutely right to hold out. Yeah, right absolutely. He needs to get paid because they are going to run him into the ground, mm-hmm. and he is not going to get the same money he's gonna he's gonna get. You know, if he if he runs the ball another four hundred times this year. Yeah. So I I question whether or not if he holds out the whole season, if he pulls a Le'Veon Bell and just doesn't play at all can Dak Prescott carry this team to 9 and 7 10 and 6 11 and 5
0: well I think that's it's a little bit of a loaded question and I think it is because we need to see how Kellen Moore is going to run this offense if what they do in camp right now is what they actually do when the games come around if they run a ton of motion pre-snap and then they've ran a lot of 21 personnel and 20 personnel as well with Pollard and Mike Weber or uh, you also have Alfred Morris there and they're actually shifting into empty sets with in 21 personnel or 20 personnel they're using Blake Jarwin who is more of an athletic tight end out in the slot and not in line like they were last year because well, he's not just not a good blocker and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be lined up in line and they have Jason Witten back. I don't expect him to <laughs> be, uh, you know, he's going to catch five, six yard passes the entire time, not do anything crazy. He might catch 60 passes and that probably wouldn't be a great thing for the offense because that means that mm. you're getting into a lot of adverse situations on third downs. But If they keep taking shots downfield, which is something that we've seen a lot, and it's something that they actually took shots downfield every once in a while last season, Mm -hmm. the issue was Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup could not connect together. And I think that that's something that, especially with this second year, Michael Gallup is the guy who is going to be the X factor on this offense. If he can have a big season, and today he was on the radio He said 950 yards. He goes, you throw a pizza party if I have more than that. In my opinion, if he gets to 800 yards, which he could have last season if they connect on a couple of those deep balls, he gets eight touchdowns, 800 yards. And then you have him and Amari Cooper plus Pollard, who is a great receiving back who they can use in mismatches. If they use the personnel well, they can win 10, 11 games without Zeke. The issue is, Jason Garrett is trying to continue to play football like it's 1996. <laughs> He's a line up and punch you in the mouth type guy and if you don't have Ezekiel Elliott, I'm sorry, I loved Mike Weber coming out. I had a fourth round grade on him. Me too. He is not Ezekiel Elliott and he is not going to be able to do it. Neither will Alfred Morris and Tony Pollard definitely ain't going to be a guy who's going to be able to go 20 carries.
1: Yeah, as guys that cover the 49ers and follow the 49ers closely, we can tell you there's not a whole lot left in the tank with Alfred Morris. We saw it firsthand last year. I mean, it started yeah. with the fumble on the one-yard line in Minnesota week one, and it was just like he missed a chip block against the Chargers that resulted in an interception. There's Alfred Morris is just – he's running on fumes at this point, which yeah. is such a shame because he's such a nice guy, mm. and I really enjoy him as a person, and I loved watching him play in Washington. Um, but, man – Amari Cooper, I like him. Michael Gallup, you know he he busts on the scene last year, actually in the first preseason game against the Niners. Um, Thank you, Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward. Completely missed a, an assignment and didn't turn his head around like Jimmy Ward does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's dive into the players we're not going to see from the Cowboys. So who who is not playing? So week one?
0: you're not going to see uh, Amari Cooper. He is out right now. He's missed he missed his uh, fifth straight practice today. He's got a bit of a bruised heel. Uh, And then you also have, obviously, Robert Quinn. You're not going to see Tank Lawrence, Byron Jones. I don't know if you're going to see Dak Prescott or not at all. I know that they do want to get him a bunch of preseason snaps in this new offense. But I don't think you're going to see Zach Martin. Uh, He is battling a little bit of a back injury. They've been kind of quiet on who they're going to play and who they're not going to play. Uh, Jason Garrett in his press conference today said, uh, you guys will find out who's playing when you guys get the manifest for the flight. Whoever is injured (laughs) uh, is not going to be going uh, on the plane. So that's when we'll know for sure who is and who isn't. And I think that's going to happen later tonight, or I think either later tonight or tomorrow morning they leave. So, We'll find out for sure then, but those guys are the, the guys for sure you won't see. And obviously you won't see Ezekiel Elliott.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's Isn't down he, in Mexico apparently. Huh? On, yes, on he is in Cabo. something. Okay.
2: Yes. Okay. He's he's living. Um, you know, on, on the other side of the Niners, you won't see, you know, obviously you won't see Nick Bosa, no Jarek McKinnon, no Jimmy Garoppolo, um, guys like Weston Richburg, guys are you know, that are on PUP Greg Garrett Selleck. No one's really been confirmed out. I would suspect no George Kittle nor no yeah. DeForest Buckner. Just the you know the key guys. Um, but I wanted to touch on something real quick though. You, you mentioned about the offense to Kellen Moore. Um, everything I've heard out of Cowboys camp is they're going to be utilizing a lot more play action from under center. Have you heard the same? And how do you think that's going to affect Dak Prescott's game? Well, they they need to honestly, especially if they have Ezekiel Elliott.
0: We, we've seen. Uh, The numbers, I I think Warren Sharp is the one that did the study on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The difference between uh, actual uh, play action passes when under center and through shotgun, turning your back to the defense is a bigger, you know, look. At the run than the actual fake handoff is because when you turn your back you are not reading the defense so i am going to be interested to see if they do that it was a huge tendency last year that when the cowboys went under center they ran the ball like 75 percent of the time just ridiculous and inexcusable and that's why scott Linehan isn't here anymore i think if they do that (laughs) especially early in the season the early season schedule is a cakewalk up until week four when the Saints uh, when they play the Saints in New Orleans Uh, but you you really would like to see a lot of that uh, because it, it helps keep those linebackers up and the middle of the field is an area that the Cowboys historically have not attacked on offense and they're gonna need to change that this year and the guy who's gonna do that like I said earlier is going to actually be Blake Jarwin and not
2: not the man who just came out of the booth. <laughs> what about the other tight end, Dalton Schultz, kid from Stanford? He had a he had a couple good games towards the end of the year. Is he? Is he developing? Is he going to get a shot in this offense? Yeah, so Um,
0: I I think that the the Cowboys love their tight ends. They always have, and I think as long Mm -hmm. as you have Jason Garrett there, you're going to see a lot of tight ends. I think (laughs) that he will work in as that third tight end, uh, come in every once in a while, especially if they're going to bring two tight ends to line up in line. When you get towards the goal line, we know that when you tighten things up and run play action towards the goal line, it works, especially when you turn your back to that defense. And that's an area where I can see Dalton Schultz working out. He's also gained a little bit of weight and gotten a little bit stronger, which is something that he needed to do. He was a good blocker technically coming out of Stanford. He just, yeah. a lot like Connor Williams, didn't have the, the play strength in at the NFL level to really be effective.
1: I'm glad you brought up tight ends because that's actually one of the matchups I'm really excited to see for the 49ers. Yep. Um, you know, we're not going to see a whole lot of Kittle, if any at mm-hmm. all. It's the first preseason game. You know, you don't want your superstar tight end going out there hurting himself. So the next two guys up are you looking at Ross Dwelly and Caden Smith, the rookie out of Stanford for the 49ers. And Dwelly's been really good in camp. He's a guy that stuck around last year. He's a third tight end. He got a little bit of playing time here and there. He was inactive on some game days, active on others. Uh, Caden Smith finally starting to come into his own. Even Kyle Shanahan came out and said that you know, the playbook is immense for Shanahan. He doesn't expect a rookie tight end to be able to come in and and grasp that concept right out of the gate. I'm really excited to see that matchup for the 49ers and and how those two play out and who can stand out the most. Which position are you most looking forward to when it comes to the Cowboys?
0: When it comes to the Cowboys, I I think it's really – on the offensive line, on offense, and the defensive line for the defense. Because there are a couple younger guys, Jalen Jelks, Joe Jackson, uh, that that really need to step up with these injuries that we do have uh, to Robert Quinn and Tank Lawrence, who probably uh, won't be back at least until week one at the earliest. So it'll be interesting to, 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 to watch that defensive line. And then on the offensive line, this is one of the deepest cores in the entire NFL, I'm really interested in seeing how guys like Cam Fleming. And uh, once the rookie uh, actually gets back, uh, McGovern, we'll see what happens with him, uh, the Penn State kid. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a, a shoulder thing going on, so he's he's not playing right now. And then Joe Looney, who had a good year last year uh, coming in. 49ers court. legend, Joe Looney. <laughs> Dude, he is... He is the best personality on the Cowboys. I, I love whenever he talks. Um, so yeah, the, watching the offensive line, especially if Dak Prescott does play, seeing some of the cohesion that they're able to play with is is important because he got sacked way too much last year. And some of that was his fault. Some of it was the the scheme. But the offensive line had a down year. They're supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. And then the biggest mm-hmm. one, obviously, is Travis Frederick coming back yep. from the Guillain-Barre syndrome uh, that he suffered from last year, getting that play strength back. And that's something that they're really going to push, our preseason snaps for Travis. Uh, and if he comes back and he is healthy, he's one of the top two or three centers in the NFL. So it's mm-hmm. important to get him back at
2: 100%. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, just real quick to the shout out to all the Niner fans. Look, there's other teams with injuries on their roster. Like relax, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Niners Twitter is in frenzy with you yeah. know us, us being banged up. But I and I follow I watch the Cowboys. I'm not a huge fan of the Cowboys, but I I love Zeke Elliott one because yeah. I'm a Big Ten I'm a Big Ten guy. I, I grew up watching Penn State, and you know Penn State Ohio State games are a big deal. So I, I follow Zeke big time, and Mike Weber. I'm I'm hoping he does well there. But um, going forward with with the defense, um, you know you you are set at linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch was a solid pick. I was in the middle on him coming out last year. I was kind of curious because, you know, he played eight-man football in high school, and then he goes to Boise State. And the only game that I really noticed him was against Oregon. And then Jalen Smith's story is just amazing, yeah. you know, for him to come back. And then you have Chadobia Wuze, uh, Byron Jones, Xavier Woods. But your strong safety is a question. Do you – how do you How do you foresee that hap- working out for with the Cowboys defense? Oh, it's
0: definitely going to be Jeff Heath. There's no question about it. Uh, They have nobody else. They they signed George Iloca, but he Mm -hmm. is apparently completely washed uh, from what I'm hearing (laughs) at camp. Uh, I was actually a fan of that signing at first, yeah, and Mm -hmm. then it it just seems like he just doesn't have it. Uh, And then they also have Donovan Wilson, who they actually like a little bit, and I think that he might rotate in a little bit at safety. And then they also have Kayvon Frazier, who they've— had stick around. He's one of the best dudes in the NFL when it comes to uh, just being a person, and Cowboys, Jason Garrett especially, are big on those character guys, so he will stick around. They'll all get snaps. I don't. I hope that they don't keep Heath out there for 85-90% of the snaps. <laughs> uh, Xavier Woods, like I said earlier, I expect him to have a huge year, uh, and he's going to need to be big because that other safety spot is very, very bad
2: and then you know, with the secondary you have another guy that you guys draft this year mike jackson out of miami uh is how how's he coming along how's he progressing i had a you know i had a about fourth fifth round grade on him and i thought he would be successful depending on the defense he got into and being with chris uh chris richard um any any word on him uh yeah
0: they i mean he's a chris richard mold kind of guy yeah. uh you know height weight Speed, Speed. kind of guy, and I watched him down at the Shrine Game Week uh, during those practices, and I, I I liked him a little bit, but I didn't love him, and I didn't love his tape. But they've talked about him as if he's he's been good in their system. Now they brought in some referees uh, about halfway through them being in Oxnard, and uh, I think that the the talk is kind of gone away because once you you can be physical until you actually have flags thrown, and uh, <laughs> yep. that started yep. to happen a little bit. So I'm interested to see, because this is a team that wants to get up into your face and press, and that's where he really fits in that role. Uh, This is a big year for Cheeto. Cheeto, if he can have a big year, uh, and Jordan Lewis uh, and Anthony Brown as well, and Anthony Brown is on the last year of his contract. He's been good for the Cowboys, except for in 2017. He was good as a rookie in 16, and he was good last year. Jordan Lewis is might be the best corner on the team, but he's 5 foot 9 and Chris Richard doesn't like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he likes and his length
0: so, and- yes, and Anthony Brown I mean that just shows I mean Jordan Lewis is a damn good football player and he can't get on the field. Michigan so that kind of goes to show how much they they do like Byron Jones, Cheeto and Anthony Brown.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the secondary, that's another thing the, the 49ers fans should be on the watch for, um, especially the safety position. So Jimmy Ward's still out with a broken collarbone. And I think this is Tarvarius Moore's coming out party. I think we're not going to see a whole lot of Dak Prescott. So he's going to get a chance to go up against second, third string guys. And I think this is where he has to shine. I mean, he really has to stand out and show why the team drafted him in the third round. Mm-hmm. They finally moved him back to his natural position at safety you know he's big, he's athletic. Oh man, is he fast! You know he intercepted Jimmy Garoppolo today in training camp, which is a big deal because Jimmy's been really limiting the interceptions, so that's good for him. So you know Tarvarius Moore, Adrian Colbert, Marcel Harris, Anton Exum—all these young guys are kind of trying to squeeze into maybe three, four roster spots. You know, so who really knows what they're going to do? I'm sure they carry more than three, but you got to figure that Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tart are, are locks. Mm-hmm. Because this team cannot move on from Jimmy Ward for whatever damn reason. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm sick of it. Just let the man go. He's made a glass. Wishing the best of luck. But anyway, you know. So the secondary, and then also with the 49ers, you're looking at who steps up outside of Richard Sherman. So Jason Verrett, they came out today. He's shut down for the entirety of preseason, just like Bosa. Precautionary. Hey, he's a he's a pro. He's good. They know what they they know what they have in him. As long as he stays healthy, so let's just shut him down, get him to week one, mm-hmm. let him go. So this is a, a big chance for guys like Akella Witherspoon, one Williams, even ugh, I know 49 fans are gonna hate to hear this, but Dante Johnson. I mean, guys <laughs> should just step up and and make the most of their playing time. And I think this is a big game where they gotta the secondary has to get some wins here because they are gonna be going up against the majority of backups.
0: Yeah, and the the Cowboys backups are are really, really bad. Cooper Rush <laughs> is, I mean, he had that, I think it was 2017, maybe, where he had the really good preseason, and everybody hyped him up. He's mm-hmm. not been watchable since then. And Mike White is a guy who I actually kind of liked. I had a, yeah. uh, I think I had a fourth-round grade on him coming out, but he just really hasn't done much. And when you can't win the job, the backup job from Cooper Rush, uh, I buy I don't I don't care if you're on this team. You better show out in the preseason or you're probably not making it to the roster.
2: Yeah, the Cowboys roster, you know, and, and I looking at the Cowboys, I think it's I think it's really really good. I think they have a chance to make another playoff run. Um, you know, my question mark has been the been the defensive line. Where do you, you know, where do you see them in comparison to the Eagles, the Redskins, the Giants? Is this a two-team race this season? Eagles yeah. and Cowboys?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a two-team race. I I do think that, weirdly, one of the worst-run organizations in professional sports (laughs) in the Washington Redskins. I do believe that they are building a little bit of something there. That defensive line is going to be really really good. Really good. And then they also have Darius Geis, who... Hopefully he can stay healthy. They somehow got Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round. I know. Um, and then they also have Terry McLaurin, who if they start their rookie quarterback at some point this season, they already have that chemistry because they both played together at Ohio State. McLaurin showed out at the Senior Bowl, and I think he's doing really well in camp from everything. I'm hearing they're just they're too far behind right now. And then you also have the issue with Trent Williams, who I don't yep. think is going to play for them. So, yeah, nope. uh, and, and then they also play at FedEx Field. So you can expect there to be more injuries for the Redskins than any other team in the NFL yeah. by the end of the Not season. Not only
1: the injuries, but li- as someone that lives like 45 minutes south of FedEx Field, I can tell Nobody you that they play either. a 50 50 home game yeah. every game. Uh-huh. I mean, I used to go to games all the time, I grew up in the area. It's always fifty-fifty. They have zero home field advantage. It's like the Chargers in LA right now, yep. where they just—they're not playing home games. Yeah,
0: and and that's why it, I mean it really is a two-team race. And for the Eagles, I, I think it all just—it all comes down to if their quarterback Carson Wentz can stay healthy. I think if he can stay healthy, as as optimistic as I am about the Cowboys, I think that the the Eagles are still just a, a tier ahead. Love yeah. the Cowboys, and I think that they end up with the division if Carson Wentz stays healthy. Now, if he doesn't, they got a punt on the season because they don't have a backup quarterback.
2: Yeah. What? Where, where do you? You know, the the conversation has been Wentz versus Dak a lot of times, and you know, you hear things about well, Dak's healthy and Wentz isn't, and but it's it's no to me, it's a noticeable difference when the quarterback is on the field. Where do you stand on that? Do you do you put Dak a tier below Wentz, or is are they even to you? Where do you where do you sit on that?
0: Yeah, no, Wentz is definitely the more talented quarterback but as they say the best ability is available availability yep and Dak seems to at this point be made out of uh stone I mean (laughs) he he hasn't gotten hurt he's gotten a little bit beat up I mean he got sacked almost 60 times last year he got up every single time uh which he needs to do for this football team but Wentz man it's just it's freak injuries just year after year it's just Mm -hmm. it's something crazy I don't I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, you, you would think somebody from the Dakotas would be tough as nails, but <laughs> that body just can't seem to hold up.
1: Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, again, man, you just keep doing these awesome segues, and I love it. Because <laughs> the best, like, one another big thing that 49ers fans are going to be watching for is the backup quarterback spot. So, you know, CJ Beathard has 11 starts on his career, he's only one in 10, I think. Think is his career record, which is not great. One in ten, but he's actually only thrown one more interception than touchdowns. I got into it with somebody today. It said he was Nathan Peterman. No, and I said he's no. light years better than Nathan Peterman. Yeah, everybody. Now, is. He's not great. He's not great, but he's not Nathan Peterman. So let's get that very straight right here. um But you know, it's going to be Mullins versus Bethard, and you know, I don't think they're going to carry three quarterbacks this year. So one of them is either going to get traded or cut. I don't know which. Because it comes down to, you know, Shanahan handpicked Bethard in the third round, loves him. But Nick Mullins has kind of proven that he has a, a better grasp of the offense. And he's been able to do just a little bit more. Man, I don't know. That's something for 49ers fans to watch. Listen. Because, yeah, you know, take it. I'll just,
2: take it. listen, just trade C.J. Bethard for Jalen Smith and everything will be fine.
0: <laughs> Wait, you mean you mean Jalen Smith, the, the wide line receiver backer. from no. Louisville, Jalen Smith? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's something that, that 49ers fans can look forward to watching, is is the backups really just come out the gate. And who starts first? Because until this point, they've been very coy and about it. That's Even, the first, even they, they they The first depth chart they released was C.J. C. Bethard or Nick Mullins at two. So there was, they're not even tipping their hand at all. So I think... Who comes out plays first is going to say a lot about who's ahead in camp right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. I, I mean, as excited as you can be. It's the first preseason game. I mean, yeah, Nick, we're Nick, all sitting here getting all hyped and stuff.
2: And it's, it's just football, man. Well, the I, thing is,
0: we haven't seen our teams play football since January.
2: So it's uh, we haven't seen the Niners oh. play meaningful games since week three. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's part of our excitement. Yeah. Dallas has been, you know. As for as much hate as I give the Cowboys, I have to give them some kind of respect because they've been in contention. They've been, you know, they've been in the hunt playoff wise, and you know, they've they've been better since the hardball years than the Niners. And that's just that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Um, they've gotten better players. They have a little bit more talent. Um, you know, it's just that's the excitement there. And it's it's preseason, but it's still football and baseball. Right now is kind of boring because the Yankees are hot, and I can't. It's not much else to watch. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, baseball season's over when the Yankees are leading the AL East and the Sox are nowhere to be found. So, <laughs> uh,
1: As the Mets fan would like to chime in, they've won 13 <laughs> of 14 games, but, you know, whatever, yeah, that that's fine. that is true. That's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so let's just get a big, bold prediction from you for both teams. How do you think both these teams finish the year out?
0: So I, I I believe that the Cowboys finish second in the NFC East. I think that they end up on the high end winning 12 games and still maybe not winning the NFC East. Now, my more realistic prediction, I actually do think that they're going to win 11 games. The issue is the NFC is so good that if they mm-hmm. don't win 11 games, I don't think that they make the playoffs. Yep. I think it's going to take 11 wins to make the playoffs unless – Drew Brees arm really does fall off this year. And he has just a, a, a Peyton Manning in his final year in Denver type season with his arm, mm-hmm. which we, we mm-hmm. saw a little bit of a fall off. If, if anybody follows uh, Seth Galena or Jelena out there, um, he is a Canadian guy who absolutely loves the saints and is a big Drew Brees guy, but he saw a, a big fall off with him. Uh, and so if the saints can can falter i think even with 10 wins the cowboys do make it in the issue is the rest of that saints team is really good as well yep so if they can ride if, if he can just drive the bus there and let kamara do the work let michael thomas do the work and that defense steps up then they can still win 11 games because he's not going to make mistakes it's it's tough it, it I think that the Niners end up missing out on the playoffs. Um, I just think that the, like I said, the NFC is too good. And I think that they're at least one more year away. I'm a huge Shanahan guy. I love Shanahan, uh, but I I do believe it's going to take a little bit more. And unfortunately, and I I think we'll end up getting into this a little bit more in depth.
2: I don't know if Nick Bosa is going to make it through the year. Yeah. With, uh, yeah you know, I'm I'm with you on the NFC NFC is super super stacked. You know, and that was that's been my issue with, you know, the Niners and the the playoff predictions. I'm like, you the NFC's 10 11 teams deep. You got to be a top 6 team to get in. So 10 11 wins, you know, may not get you in But you have to win your division and that's why you know, you got to beat the Seahawks, you got to beat the Rams, you got to get those things done. Um but with with Nick, you know, it's talking about Bosa, you know, he it's a all reports now. It's it's a it's a mild high ankle sprain. He mm-hmm. should be fine for week one. All reports out of Cam from you know his is uh con- you know his contemporaries you know like Joe Staley, Richard Sherman, you know guys like they're veterans and they're you know they're like this guy's polished. He's ready to go. He doesn't even need any more camp. So it's not a huge deal there. Um, you know if the Niners get any type of production, if the Niners get production out of Nick Bosa and it's anything like his brother did his rookie year, I think they'll be happy with that. Twelve games. I think he had. Twelve to ten, fourteen sacks, something like that. If you can, there's 12, uh, 12 games, eleven sacks. Yeah. I believe, was Joey
1: Bosa's rookie year. So
2: if you get that, and you know Joey's also been on, you know, been stated that you know his brother is a little Nick's a little bit better than he is coming out of college. And yeah. So those things are there, and it does help to have guys like DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Shelton Day, DJ Jones along that's along the defensive line, and then D Ford on the other side. So you know you can he can get his one on one matchups. Um, it's just with the with the thing with Bosa. The the story is he got rolled up on. He basically got landed on, and that's not that's a freak accident. Like any other player in the league, will probably have a sprain or or something happen to them. So I'm not too concerned with that injury. But you know, if Bosa plays, if it's a loss, if Bosa plays less than 12 games, in my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna chime in real quick before you go, Dalton, because I have two things I want to say about the Nick Bosa thing. One, I'm not ready to burn down the stadium because of a single radio interview that the mouthpiece of the franchise John Lynch did on San Francisco Sports Talk Radio when he announced that it was a mild high ankle sprain, whatever it is, he did get rolled up on. Not a huge deal to me. And the second thing I had to say is if this kid's name wasn't Bosa, this would be almost a non-issue. Oh, absolutely. I think if this if this was Quentin Williams they drafted and he gets rolled up and they shut him down for the preseason... Nobody's batting an eye. Everybody's going, all right, cool. They shut him down. He'll be ready to go week one. We don't need to worry about it. But because this kid's name is Bosa, and they have this perceived injury history in the family, perceived true, whatever it is, perception is reality, man, people are ready to just storm the headquarters building and, like, carry John Lynch out of there. It is the Wild West on 49ers Twitter after this news broke. So those are my two things. I'm not too concerned about one radio interview, and if this kid's name wasn't Bosa, it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, and but but that's that's partially the issue here is because the, the Bosa's, and we saw it with Joey when he was coming into the league. He held out when he was coming into the league. It's a family that understands that this is not a long-lived career path and that they have to secure the bag as soon as possible. And I think because of that, because they're smart now, it, it all comes down to whether he looks at those veterans in the eyes and says, you know what, I still am a little bit injured. Because a, a, a high ankle sprain, he's still going to be a little bit ginger for mm-hmm. a while, up until probably close to the start of the season. Is mm-hmm. he? Does he love football enough? To go out there and say, you know what, I am a little bit banged up still, but I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna fight for these vets, because I don't think that that's something his brother would have done as a rookie. So, it's it's that that family that that family mold that they are. I mean, they're smart guys. They want the money. They just happen to be really really good at football. And if he does play 12 games, I think he gets. 10, 11, 12 sacks. He is Mm -hmm. a sack, a
2: game guy,
0: especially on that defensive line. Mm -hmm. And
2: it's going to be fun. If he's healthy, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that kind of, you know, made me open my eyes about the Bosa thing. um, Matt Mayoko, he's been doing 49ers camp for 20 plus years. And he, in the first couple of practices, he tweeted out that Bosa looks better than Alden Smith did at this time. So and we saw what Alden did as a rookie, and he didn't start one game. He, he had 14 sacks with zero starts, and we expect Nick to start and be, you know, more involved in the in the defense as opposed to Alden, where Alden was just a you know a pass rush specialist. That was his primary role as a, as a rookie. Um, so I, I, I think I think he's going to be fine. I think the the perception with Joey is partially due to the Spani Dean Spanos. Um, and they're the way the chargers do business, as opposed to the way the Niners did business with his contract. You know, they, they, all the wording was correct. John Bosa, Nick, and Joey's dad came out and said, he's like, listen, it was, this was a lot smoother than when we had to deal with the chargers. You know, this was, we asked what we wanted, we got what we wanted and it was easy, you know, easy, easy deal to get done. It just, you know, he just took until the day before camp, uh, uh, arrivals to get it done. And that was that was it. So I, I I don't know about, you know, the um you know, his character as a, you know, if he would play for his vets and things like that. But all reports out of camp is, you know, the guy's a team guy. He's, he's ready to go. He wants to come out and play. He wants to practice now. Um but the team shut him down. So I mean, I would Yeah. You know, it, it just I get the perception because of Joey and yeah. I think and, I think a lot of that had to do with the Chargers too.
0: Yeah, and I, I do want to point out that what he did at Ohio State last year was the best decision for him. Yeah. He absolutely yes. shouldn't have went back. Yeah. I mean and anybody that, that faulted him for not going back out there after having that abdominal injury when he was always going to be a top five pick. It didn't matter if he Correct. played a single game. So this is less about that and just more about what I what I saw with with Joey and I'm not around the the Forty Niners as as much as I am obviously with the Cowboys and seeing what's going on. But it's just seeing that family just it, it does it just it gives me a slight pause every time there's a setback with one of them.
2: That's fair. That's very fair.
1: Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think the teams just I think they're putting out news right now that is it may be a little bit worse than it actually is yeah. just because the last thing they want to do is be like, Oh, he's going to be fine and ready to go next and then week. And then all of a sudden next week comes, he's yeah. not ready. And then everybody starts to freak out a little bit. So I think they say, Oh, it's a mild high ankle sprain. Maybe it's not a high, high ankle sprain. I don't know. But my, my, my prediction is they're putting out the worst, just so worst case scenario comes. People aren't completely freaking out about it because I mean, and another part of it is, this team has dealt with so many injuries for so many years now, and it just seems like every year they're in the top five of guys on IR. And I think fans are just so jaded at at guys just getting getting hurt early in the season and being done for the year. And I think that's a big part of it too. Um, but man, this is this is a good little preview for the the preseason opener. I think we just about covered it all. <laughs> the last thing we need from you. Give us a prediction for the game on Saturday.
0: Oh, okay. Um, So my prediction is that Tony Pollard carries the ball 12 times for 57 yards. He scores a touchdown receiving, though, okay? I think he catches three or four balls as well. I think they're going to try to really focus and feature him in this game for the Cowboys, as far as who wins and who loses, nobody really wins or loses. I can do a, a fun score prediction. I don't think the Cowboys score more than two touchdowns. And if you really want to look at something, watch Brett Maher try to kick field goals because it has not gone well in Uh-oh. camp so far, and they yes. won't bring anybody in to compete against him. Yeah. <laughs> kicker drama
1: somewhere else other than san francisco oh, it's ugly this is what i'm here for i That's, uh yes
2: you know i i'm looking forward to this this game because you know i i know i i know what to look for with my team with the niners you know and i'm looking forward to to various more debo samuel those guys but i want to see mike weber i want to see tony pollard i want to see uh connor williams if he plays um i want to see those guys and i i uh I, I like watching. I, I'm a Niners fan, but I actually don't mind watching the Cowboys, and they're they're an interesting team to watch. And I will definitely be watching the kicker situation there because they had an issue with that last year too. It was just, um, yep, wasn't <laughs> wasn't very fun to watch. And um, you know, I, I I think the Cowboys have a decent season, and I, I'm with you on that. I think they'll finish second in the division, um, but it, it's all dependent on the Eagles' health too. So I you know I could see them winning the division once again. They won three out of the last five, right? hmm yeah, yeah so there
0: has not been a repeat winner in the nfc east since 2004
2: yeah and that was the eagles oh, they were on yeah. their hot run during that time yeah
0: wow yeah i forgot about that yeah. that's like
1: the banana land stat of the nfl that the nfc east is just always up for grabs yeah, it's insane. um all right so since you guys are lame and won't want to do like game predictions oh i'll give you one i'm gonna say
2: oh let's, let's go i'm Hit going 33 17 niners nick mullins goes off Oh,
0: I like okay. that. I actually really like that 17 number for the Cowboys. So I, I will. I'll go 24 to 17, Niners win. And I'm okay. going the other way. I'm going CJ Beathard goes off.
1: <laughs> Ooh, you want drama. I love yes. it. You want quarterback drama out in San Francisco. I'm here for it. This is great. Uh, let's see. Y'all took. All right, so you guys kind of took my scores. So now I got to be original. I'm going to say 26 to 20. And it's, like, a goofy touchdown with, like, uh, who's the practice squad quarterback? They got Spates. Yeah, Wilson Harvey. Spates, yeah. Yeah, they got Spates, like, throwing a game-winning touchdown with, like, no time left, just like Mullins did last Is year. Is that the Michigan kid? Yep. Yeah.
2: Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Don't. so he's,
1: he's going to throw some, like, he's going to throw some garbage time touchdown, and everybody's going to get all excited about it. And it's going to be Sean Poindexter. Okay. That's my prediction. Sean Poindexter catches the gets to the game winning touchdown with no time left on the clock 26-20 San Francisco wins. Right on.
2: There we go. <laughs> hey, look, this has been great. Dalton, we appreciate you coming on. Um go ahead and plug yourself one more time for our listeners. Um so that way they can follow you and, you know, give you crap because you're a cowboy guy. That's what we were that's mm-hmm. what we're here for.
0: Yeah, you can find my work at bluechipscouting.com. If any of your listeners want to write about football in any way, shape, or form, that is what my website is for. It is an open forum, uh, and you can send me work at my Twitter, which is at Dalton B Miller, or straight to my email, which is Dalton B Miller at scouting.com. It's there for you guys if you want to write for the website. If you guys write about 49er stuff, that means I get to read more about 49er stuff, which makes me a more informed person.
1: There you go. Hey, if y'all listen to this and you want to get into writing, I mean, I never really talked about how I got into it. I literally just started sending out emails saying, hey, who needs a writer? Who needs this? And I just put something together and I would send it to people. So Dalton, you have the forum for people to go into and write and, and you'll be able to give them feedback. It's a really good opportunity if you're looking to write about some 49er stuff or NFL or Cowboys or whatever it is, hit Dalton up. This is a good opportunity. Yeah,
2: thank you guys for having me. It was fun. No problem. We appreciate you. Uh, as for us, you can follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore and then Matt. Oh me? Oh yeah. At Matt Bar underscore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, we thank everyone for listening. We will be back with another episode here shortly. Um preseason is here. Niners play on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, so be on the lookout for that. Check the game out. Give us feedback on what you thought of the game. And, of course, we are here to converse anytime about our episodes and just anything 49ers related, um, even the in and out and Five-Guy discussion that's always going on on our Twitter feeds. Yeah. Um, but yeah. until next time, we appreciate everyone listening. Peace.